This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of TKA extensor mechanism rupture from the recon section on orthobullets.com. TKA extensor mechanism rupture has an incidence of 0.17 to 2.5%. Causes can be intraoperative or postoperative. Intraoperative causes include an avulsion from the tibial tubercle, and postoperative causes include manipulation, impingement, and or trauma. As far as the presentation of TKA extensor mechanism rupture, patients typically have symptoms of knee pain and weakness. As far as imaging, radiographs may reveal patella alta or patella baja. Treatment of TKA extensor mechanism rupture can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes a knee immobilizer times six weeks, which is indicated for a partial quadriceps tendon rupture. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. Non-operative treatment of a TKA extensor mechanism rupture is a knee immobilizer times six weeks when there's a partial quadriceps tendon rupture. Operative options for a TKA extensor mechanism rupture includes a direct repair with suture, primary repair and augmentation with a graft, or an extensor mechanism reconstruction. Direct repair with a suture is indicated when there's a patellar tendon avulsion of less than 30%, or when there's complete quadriceps tendon rupture with adequate soft tissues. A primary repair and augmentation with a graft is indicated when there's a complete laceration of the patellar tendon with adequate patellar bone stock. And finally, an extensor mechanism reconstruction is indicated when there's a complete laceration of the patellar tendon without adequate patellar bone stock and deficient soft tissues. This is also indicated when there's chronic extensor mechanism, whether patellar or quadriceps tendon, disruption. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads... A 62-year-old male undergoes a routine total knee arthroplasty with a cruciate-retaining prosthesis. Six months after the operation, the patient feels and hears a pop while working with physical therapy. On physical examination, he has a small but palpable defect in his quadriceps tendon. He is able to maintain active, although weak, extension of the knee from a flex position. The patient is treated non-operatively with a knee immobilizer for six weeks. Which of the following is the most likely outcome? And the choices are 1. Minor extension lag with significantly decreased flexion. 2. Minor extension lag with acceptable flexion. 3. Re-rupture of the quadriceps tendon after resumption of physical therapy. 4. Acceptable flexion with an extension lag of 20 degrees. And 5. Early failure of the total knee prosthesis requiring revision. The correct answer to this question is 2. Minor extension lag with acceptable flexion. So excellent results have been reported with the non-operative treatment of partial quadriceps tendon ruptures following total knee arthroplasty. To quickly review, quadriceps tendon injuries are a rare but devastating complication following total knee arthroplasty. Complete ruptures treated operatively have a high complication rate secondary to predisposing systemic or local factors that may have contributed to the tear. Common complications include re-rupture and infection. Fortunately, partial quadriceps tendon ruptures have had better results, both with operative and non-operative treatment. Based on the paper presented by Dobbs et al., the preferred management for partial ruptures is non-operative treatment in a knee immobilizer for 4-6 to weeks. Dobbs et al. reviewed 34 patients who sustained a quadriceps tendon rupture following a total knee arthroplasty. 23 of these patients had a partial tear, 7 of which were treated non-operatively. All of these patients had a satisfactory outcome. Of the 16 patients with partial tears treated operatively, 5 had a complication. 
Lynn et al. present a case report on a patient with a patellar tendon rupture following a total knee arthroplasty treated with a turned-down quadriceps flap and circumferential wiring. The patient was doing well two years after the operative procedure with no extension lag and acceptable knee flexion. Kim et al. present a surgical technique for suture anchor repair of a ruptured quadriceps tendon after total knee arthroplasty. They recommend that two 5mm suture anchors should be placed in the patella with the accompanying fiber wire secured to the quadriceps tendon. Moving on to the next question. A 78-year-old active woman who weighs 227 pounds has a long history of type 2 diabetes mellitus and had a total knee replacement 15 years ago. She underwent revision arthroplasty for loose components. After surgery, she fell and now has a 35-degree extensor lag with a high-riding patella on the lateral radiographic view. When attempting to surgically repair the torn extensor, gross purulence is found, leading to a resection with an antibiotic cement spacer. Enterococcus bacteria are recovered on culture a few days later. The species is resistant to several antibiotics. The wound drains for three weeks and then heals with continued redness, pain, and swelling despite intravenous antibiotics. What is the most effective long-term treatment for this patient? And the choices are 1. Knee fusion, 2. Primary extensor repair with a hinged total knee, 3. Revision total knee with extensor mechanism allograft, and 4. Repeat debridement and chronic antibiotic suppression. The correct answer to this question is 1. Knee fusion. So arthrodesis may be the most satisfactory long-term option for this elderly obese patient even though all knee motion will be lost. The other options presented are associated with unpredictable results and higher failure rates. Moving on to the next question. A 52-year-old woman has a 60-degree extensor lag following a right total knee arthroplasty performed 16 months ago. Since the time of her primary total knee arthroplasty, she has undergone primary repair of a patellar tendon rupture that occurred after a fall 8 months ago. A lateral radiograph of the knee shows patella alta with an associated avulsion fracture at the inferior pole of the patella. A CT scan obtained to determine the component rotation showed that the femoral component is internally rotated 9 degrees and the tibial component is internally rotated 12 degrees. Appropriate management at this time should include, and the choices are 1, a structured physical therapy program to increase quadriceps muscle strength, 2, a hinged knee brace locked in extension while ambulating, 3. Exchange of the modular polyethylene spacer to a thicker insert and reconstruction of the patellar tendon using hamstring augmentation. 4. Exchange of the modular polyethylene spacer to a thicker insert and reconstruction of the patellar tendon using an extensor mechanism allograft tensioned tightly in full extension. And 5. Revision of the tibial and femoral components and reconstruction of the patellar tendon using an extensor mechanism allograft tensioned tightly in full extension. The correct answer to this question is 5. Revision of the tibial and femoral components and reconstruction of the patellar tendon using an extensor mechanism allograft tensioned tightly in full extension. So a chronic patellar tendon rupture is a difficult complication to manage. Patients typically present with both inability to extend their leg and instability of the extremity, oftentimes associated with multiple falls. Attempts at secondary repair have been associated with high failure rates, whereas the use of an extensor mechanism allograft has been shown to more effectively restore active extension in a substantial percentage of patients. Important aspects of the technique include fully tensioning the graft in full extension and immobilization of the extremity for six to eight weeks postoperatively to allow for graft healing. 
non-surgical management will not result in an acceptable outcome for a young patient, and attempted secondary repair is associated with a high rate of failure even when augmented with local tissues. This patient has gross rotational malalignment of the components, and the surgeon faced with this problem should consider obtaining a CT scan to determine component rotation preoperatively. And moving on to the final question, a 54-year-old woman is at physical therapy three months after a total knee arthroplasty where she feels a pop and develops increased pain in her knee. She continues therapy for another three months but reports weakness and frequent buckling. On exam, she has full passive extension but a 60-degree extensor lag. A lateral radiograph shows patella alta. What is the treatment of choice? And the choices are 1. Reconstruction with a bone tendon allograft. 2. Repair augmented with a hamstring autograft. 3. Continued therapy and strengthening, 4. Arthrodesis, and 5. Treatment with orthotics for support. The correct answer to this question is 1. Reconstruction with a bone tendon allograft. So the patient has a chronic patellar tendon rupture following a total knee arthroplasty with marked extensor lag and patella alta on radiograph. A study by Barrick et al. concluded that allograft reconstruction for the chronically disrupted extensor mechanism after total knee arthroplasty could restore active extension and improve ambulatory function. In chronic cases, primary repair with or without local tissue augmentation have had disappointing results. Extensor mechanism injuries after total knee arthroplasty was reviewed by Parker et al. Patellar tendon ruptures are rare complications after total knee arthroplasty with an incidence reported of less than 2.5%. Quadriceps tendon ruptures are even more rare with an incidence of approximately 1%. That's all for this review about TKA extensor mechanism rupture. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.